Welcome to the Jazz Shapers podcast from Mishkondorea. What you're about to hear was originally broadcast on Jazz FM. However, the music has been cut due to rights issues. This is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Welcome to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, bringing the changemakers of the business world together with the musicians shaping jazz, soul and blues. My guest today is Tim Perkins, co-founder and director of Nudge, the financial well-being platform. While working together at an employee benefits company, as Tim says, dragging the pension industry into the 21st century, he and friend Jeremy Beamont realised there was a bigger problem than people not understanding their benefits. They didn't understand their money. As Tim says, when people are in control of their money, they're in control of their lives. They're happier, less anxious and more empowered. In 2013, Tim and Jeremy launched Nudge, a global financial education platform drawing on behavioural psychology and data and offering personalised financial knowledge and skills. Nudge now supports over 300 organisations and over a million people. And they also produce white papers on consumer attitudes to finance, including the world's first global financial wellbeing report. It's really nice to have you here. Pleasure to be here. I love the name Nudge. And when I think of Nudge, I think of the book yep. by the behavioural economists, Thaler and um, Sustan. Yeah. That's it. Brilliant book, which was the, I think it was the informer of the, the Cameron era of the Nudge organisation within government and yeah, all that. That's it. Um, was that where your thinking also evolved from? Definitely. Yeah. So there's there's huge power behind understanding how the human mind works and, and using that to get people to engage in things that they otherwise wouldn't engage with it. Um, I remember the moment that we agreed that Nudge was going to be the name of our business. We were sat in the deck chairs on St. James's Park one lunchtime and uh, we knew we wanted a short, memorable, ideally one-syllable name and something that stood out from what was quite a traditional industry, financial services, and when we stumbled across Nudge, that was it. But it's also quite a good description of what we do as well as I'm sure we'll come on to we're delivering proactive financial education and the way we do that is via nudges so there's a number of ways it works and back in 2013 you were a mere whippersnapper you're still still a young man and it's all relative obviously but um tell me about becoming a founder yeah Uh, tell me about that that transition from being you know a star in your old business which it sounds like you were is that where you met your partner as well that's right yeah Yeah. so we met in 2002 um we both graduated in 2000 done a bit of traveling and done a few odd jobs and what have you and uh, both ended up at this organization very small at the time there were four or five of us didn't really have a product but we had a, a vision as per your intro to drag the pensions industry into the 21st century And um, pretty early on in our relationship, we realized that we both had ambitions to run our own business. And soon after that, we realized we'd be pretty good business partners. So it was a case of just waiting for the right opportunity, waiting for the stars to align. And in terms of you knew you wanted to run your own business, has that been something you'd thought about for a long time? Was it in the family? I mean, where did that sort of thinking come from? No, not in the family at all. So my dad was... uh, engineer, worked for the same organisations for donkey's years. My my mum was a nurse and, you know, complete opposite, I guess, you know, the insecurity and flexibility that comes with running one's own business. But I think I'd worked out pretty early in my career that I wanted a job where I was in control of my success and my earnings. And that started in a sales role. And for me, it was a, 
a natural evolution of that running running my own business. I often say that the harder something is, the more rewarding it is. And I, I think that applies to, to running one's own business. You said, you know, if something is hard, it's sort of more fulfilling, essentially. Mm-hmm. When you entered into the Faustian Pact with Jeremy yeah. and you set this business up and you became, you went from employee to founder and to yeah. owner... Do you remember feeling different about life? You said you wanted control. Did that happen overnight or was it more like, what have I done? What was the overriding emotion? It's exciting. I think, um, you know, I had been preparing for this moment for many years. So I'd been saving money as I could. And, you know, I'd been very open with my wife that at one point in time, I'd be entirely reliant on her. Had two small kids at the time. And, you know, there's never a good time for this stuff. You know, you can always put it off. But we made sure that we didn't burn any bridges and still remain very close with the founders of of our last business. And in fact, you know, they're both now involved in in Nudge. And so, yeah, there was a nervousness. But I think to start with, I really noticed that people weren't relying on me. I wasn't getting lots of emails, wasn't getting lots of questions. And that that was quite a difficult thing to, to adjust to. And then within a few months, I realized that actually building a bit of software is not as easy as perhaps I, I thought. And that's where really had to dig deep. And I think had we been on our own, either of us had been on our own, it would have been easy to pack it in and go back to where we were. But great thing about running a business with somebody else is that when one of you's up, the other's down and you can balance each other out. So I'm very grateful for that. And how many people now work in the business today? Sort of? We've got about 60 people now. Okay. So yeah, a lot of people. And how long was it before you hired your first few people? I think it was, it's difficult to remember now. I guess it was about a couple of years before employee number one came in. But it's in the last year that we've you know, really increased significantly off the back of some funding that, that we took. So we're double what we were last year. So um, yeah, there's a bit of a hockey stick shape to it. And that self-funding part uh, yeah. and the sense that it's your own time, as you said, you put some money aside and all yeah. that, and then you said, you know, if it's just two of you, which it sounds like it was for a while, yeah. where do you get your strength from at that moment? You said when one is up, one's down, and I, yeah. I imagine that works. But where else would you draw a bit of resilience or a, yeah. a depth of, of ability to cope with what's going on from? Yeah, I think that, you know, this probably goes back to my childhood. Um, so when I was... 13, uh, my brother was unfortunately in a fatal accident. And, um, you know, that as a that makes you grow up, you know, pretty early on. And um, it, it gave me that almost sense of responsibility that I am now representing a family and I need to make this work and, you know, I need to make my parents proud. And um, it also teaches you that, do you know what, no matter how bad a problem feels, you know, it's always, yeah, normally solvable. Um, and it, it, it makes you realise also that, you know, life's pretty short as well. So you need mm. to take every opportunity that you get. Uh, and I'd say, meanwhile, I had my wonderful wife who was able to support us through that period. So, um, yeah, there's, there's some, yeah, I guess, some inner strength there that, um, yeah, will we'll always, always make a difference. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh... You know, um, thank you for sharing that. That's pretty mm. incomprehensible, actually, for most people, unless you've unless you've lost someone. Yeah. Um, and I imagine that's given you incredibly deep perspective. Yeah. On yeah. everything. I mean, that doesn't that just isn't there always that moment of going, yeah, but 
you don't know what it's you know what it could be like. That's yeah. that's a different level of human suffering. Yeah, d- definitely, definitely. And and you know what I always say to to people and and keep reminding myself is that you know when it's a bit morbid, but you know when when you do go, you just want to be able to promise yourself that you've got no regrets. And um, you know you never quite know what's going to happen. But if you can on your deathbed say I've got no regrets. You know when I had an idea, I just went for it and. Um, you know, I honestly feel like that. I've taken every opportunity I had today. That's absolutely brilliant. Uh, stay with me for my very honest guest, Tim Perkins. He's the co-founder of Nudge, and um, he'll be talking more about not just financial well-being, but what it's like to run his own business. Right now, we're going to hear a taste of for the Mishcon Academy digital sessions. They can be found on all of the major podcast platforms. Mishcon Derez, Joe Hancock, and Katie Ling talk about current trends in cyber fraud and what companies need to protect against during the recovery period. The Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions. Conversations on the legal topics affecting businesses and individuals today. I think that the main thing is to be proactive and not reactive. We've seen a lot of people will respond once they've been hit by a cyber attack, but in many ways you've lost your data or you've lost a lot of money by doing that. Whereas if you have these systems in place beforehand, then that's going to be much better practice. So, as you said there, Katie, being proactive, not reactive, preparing and doing these things first. What can you do to prevent this stuff? Is there anything that can technology help us here? You know, is is it worth kind of building the walls around our organisations higher? Any particular tools or techniques you'd recommend for people? Yep, definitely. And I, I think that this comes back to the basics. You know, I've urged so many people I know to just not use the same password everywhere um, and on every online service. Use a secure password And it sounds simple, but just so many people don't do it because if one password is breached, then a criminal has access to anywhere that you've been online. I think that also introducing two-factor authentication is really important. And just these general security checkups that people sort of normally ignore, they can be really helpful in protecting yourself. The Mishkan Academy Digital Sessions. To access advice for businesses that is regularly updated, please visit mishcon.com. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You can delight in all our former business shapers on the Jazz Shapers podcast. And indeed, you can hear this very program again if you pop Jazz Shapers into your podcast platform of choice. Well, if you've got a smart speaker, I should say, just ask it to play Jazz Shapers and you should be rewarded with a taster of our recent shows. But back to today, it's Tim Perkins, co-founder, director of Nudge, the financial well-being platform. When you were talking earlier uh, about your brother, you talked about responsibility. And obviously, mm-hmm. people feel responsibility regardless of what's happened in their lives when they become an entrepreneur. Tell me how that's played out for you over the last few years in terms of that responsibility to build something. And I mean it on a couple of levels. Firstly, with the people, but secondly, with your purpose. Because your purpose is an incredibly honourable one, which is anxiety is derived from many things. One of those things is a, a sense of being in control of your finances. Yeah. And you're, you're wanting to address that. And on the other side, of course, you're bringing people into your own, you know, your orbit. So mm. let's just take one at a time. Tell me about the people first. When you bring them in, yeah. how do you inculcate that sense of responsibility into them? Yeah, I think that you know, recruitment's a tough thing, but I think we've got a model that now works. A lot of that comes down to... RMD. So a few years ago, we brought a managing director in, which is probably a bit of ahead of our time. You know, we wouldn't normally see an organization of our size with two co-founders and, and an MD, but we'd worked with him previously and we knew that he was just a brilliant judge of character. 
one of the brightest people I know, but every bit of intellect that he has is about understanding people and communicating with people. So we're very reliant on him helping us really get to the core of people's motivations. You know, nudge, it's not just the job. We are changing people's lives. You know, money can be a great thing, but it can be a very dangerous thing. And so we do hold a huge responsibility for our users. And so we need people who've got that deeper motivation, not just people who are just looking for the next pay rise, Mm. um, you know, the next opportunity, social enterprise on their CV. People who are actually driven by something deeper. And just tell me, give me an example. If I'm a customer of Nudge, yeah. what am I going to receive on a regular basis yeah. to help me manage my, my world of money? Yeah, so money's really complicated, right? And, and it's, it's getting worse. And so our job is to translate all of that noise that's happening in the world of finance, whether that's legislative updates, whether that's you know, market updates, whether that's the latest scams or whatever it might be, all of that noise to translate that down to very personalised in the moment financial education for you and so the way that we deliver that is through a neat app that allows you a a safe space to learn about the various elements of money but also this proactive notification service so you've got that peace of mind that when something happens that you need to know about be that the government's changed the tax code that affects you or there's a change to mortgage legislation and you've said that that's something you're interested in you've got that peace of mind that Nudge is going to tell you about it. It's going to tell you what's happened, how it impacts you, and any action you need to take. And what makes us different from the rest of the market is we're completely impartial. So we're paid for by sponsors, which is employers or or organisations. So there's no commissions, you know, there's no managing transactions or um, any of that type of stuff. It's just purely focused on making sure people understand their money. And so just on the sponsorship point, the point is that if you are, um, uh, you can register through the company that subscribes, but you can register as an individual as well? No, no, not currently. So there's always a sponsor. Um, So you're never actually paying for the advice is what you're saying as an individual. Absolutely. So so wellbeing is is obviously now a very hot topic in, in the world of work, corporate employee benefits. I think there was off the back of COVID, there was a big focus on mental wellbeing, bit of a knee jerk reaction in terms of some of the, the solutions that organizations introduced but what we've seen is people now looking upstream a bit and saying well actually what's causing these challenges that people are having and aside from biological conditions the biggest problem is is money so actually if we can get people to have a more open proactive relationship with their money we can stop a lot of people getting into those devastating cycles of poor mental wellness so in that model that work model then the employer is paying for it and making that available to their employees for free You mentioned you've been funded, which means that for many years you were Mm self-funded. What's it like having external partners? There was a a significant injection of money. Mm -hmm. Does it change things dramatically or is it just more, we've got firepower, we can now realise the ambitions we had? Or does it shift more than I'm referring to? I think it depends on the, the partners that you've got. So we were very fortunate in that to have achieved what we had, self-funded, meant that we had a choice of investors to work with. You know, not many organisations get as far as as we did self-funded. So we had a choice and and therefore we could be quite picky. And um, I think that our needs were quite specific. So a big area of expansion for us is the US. So there's a lot of organisations who are based in the US and they are thinking about the well-being of their people globally and they tend to buy global solutions from the US. So we needed somebody who could 
help us with that expansion over to the US. And, and so we chose a, a partner who had a presence in the UK and the US. And did they approach you or did you approach them? Uh, they approached us originally. So the first conversation was the last meeting I had actually before COVID lockdown. But we went through a process with advisors and it turned out that they came back to the table and yeah, it felt like fate, I guess. Mm. That, um, so uh, yeah, it's been been a great relationship so far and uh, yeah, long may that continue. And the fun bit, Tim, um, yep. for you, obviously you built something from nothing. There's two of you now, there's 60 of you, there's over a million people enjoying the benefits, mostly self-funded. You don't look like you're racked with stress, although I imagine it is stressful. When are you at your buzziest? When we sign a new deal. Love it. Just absolutely love it. The sales guy comes out. Yeah, exactly. Was, um, we announced a internally a big deal just for Christmas and um, a few of us were having having lunch and the deal confirmation came through and I was apparently running around the room like a madman, <laughs> shaking my hands, screaming and shouting. So, uh, yeah, that that's just when it all comes real, when, you know, these big global organisations are showing their commitment to the cause and and trusting, you know, what is a very sensitive topic for their people. Mm. Trusting us with that is is massive. Love it. And, and the other buzz I mentioned, it's, I just want to come back to it and close that off, the running as a tree, yeah. um, the running for charity. You, yeah. you did, a, I think, you, a marathon in 2018 Correct. in London yeah. um, in 3 hours and 40 minutes. Ish. Ish. 4 yeah. hours 42. What was the actual time? You I, know the, do you know what? Tim, I've got, you know the time. I know you do. I've, I've got the you certificate just, you in my pretend. kitchen, the Guinness World Record certificate. It's got the number on there. <laughs> I think it was 3.46. There you go. I knew you knew. 3 hours 46 minutes yeah. dressed as a tree. Yes. 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 And you raised five thousand pounds for for the money charity. So uh, yeah, an organisation who quite close to our heart. So they help vulnerable people better understand their money, whether that is people who are disabled or people in prison or you know whatever it might be. And I'm based in South London. They were based just up the road in in Clapham, and we formed a great partnership. And I could see that. Their success was based on donations. And I thought, well, what can I do? I like running and I think I can raise some money. And the best way for me to raise as much money as possible is to do something significant. And a Guinness Book of Records entry was was it. So, uh, yeah, 2018, fastest marathon dressed as a tree. We're in the presence of a world record breaker. <laughs> His actual PB is around three hours, two minutes, which is tantalisingly close to obviously the two-something mark, which I, I believe he's going to try and break this year. Final chat coming up with Tim, and we've also got some brilliant music from Robert Glasper. That's in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. I'm with Tim Perkins just for a few more minutes. We've been talking about all sorts of things from trees that run through to having a really strong sense of purpose in the business. So you're eight years in, Mm -hmm. you know, you're an an infant. We're in year, whatever it is, school, year three or something. What's this business going to look like when it goes into its 11 plus uh, era, which I I know you're familiar with from a familiar sense. What's it going to be? And then what happens when it graduates? You know, how do you see this business evolving? Is it, to your point about the US, about scale and touching, reaching more people? Uh, Are there other things you want to do with it? What's the vision? Yeah, I think ultimately everybody in the world needs nudge. You know, who doesn't need to better understand their money? And 
at the minute, we've got an effective channel, which is through the workplace. But not everybody is lucky enough to work for an employer who's able to invest in these types of programs. It's amazing you know, what a gap people have in terms of their financial knowledge, their financial literacy. The recent research that, that we, we launched that you mentioned at the beginning, we found that three quarters of people are relying on their family for advice with their money. Well, that's great if your family are financial advisors, but if they're not, where, where do you turn? A huge number of younger people, Generation Z, now are, are relying on the likes of TikTok, which isn't necessarily a safe place to be learning about money. So I think the future of this business is about expanding beyond the workplace, finding another way to connect with people, but doing so in a way where we protect that impartiality. Um, it needs to be a safe space where we don't have any motivation to sell products or services. We're just purely helping people better understand and manage their money. And that's a long haul, isn't it? I mean, as the world of media changes, yeah. uh, you know, you, there's, a, there's a new contact point, as it were, pretty much on a weekly basis. And, mm. and that's also going to require a lot of thought and investment. As you said, TikTok may be fine, mm. depends on the content. Yeah. I guess having bite-sized 15-second videos, uh, if you only watch one of them, probably won't be enough to work out exactly what you do in your financial situation. Yeah. That's, that's the issue. Definitely, definitely. And the research that you do, um, yeah. I, I was thinking about that. There's a lot of rigour that goes into it. I imagine the plan is more white papers, more thought. But if that's true, mm-hmm. to get to a wide audience, often that's great for a you and a me who might be really super interested. How does that penetrate the market that you're talking about, which is much wider? Because yeah. that research is for you know, it's almost for journalists and, and specialists who are looking at themes, but it's not necessarily about actually helping the, those individuals. Yeah. It, it's amazing how many organisations there are out there who not only have an opportunity to help their communities better understand their money, but some would say a responsibility as well. So, for example, the buy now, pay later um, industry, which you know an extraordinary number of people are now relying on, um, currently unregulated, looks like regulation is going to come later this year. Wouldn't it be great if that regulation included some kind of insistence that in order to use those products, you've got that financial education, you really understand the impact. So it's thinking a few steps ahead as to, you know, how is society going to exist in a few years and and who can we therefore use as a channel to get people to think about their money more proactively. Education, education, mm. education. Yeah. You should run some kind of office. <laughs> yeah. Tim, it's been great talking to you. And thank you again for your honesty. Um, I'm sure a lot of people listening to that will know how hard it is to set something up mm-hmm. and know what it's you know, know what it takes and then to, to actually make it grow. So and it's a great thing that you're doing. So fantastic congratulations. Thank you. Just before you disappear, yeah. running off as you will, probably at a pace, uh, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? So Song Choice is So Much to Learn by Joe Stilgo. Um, My wife and I married in 2008 and we were very fortunate that Joe Stilgo and his band at the time played at our wedding. I think he was probably beyond wedding gigs by that time, but my wife had been to uni with him, so he was definitely doing us a favour. And I think this is appropriate. I think that, you know, it's an ode to my supporting wife without whom, you know, Nudge wouldn't be where it is now. But it's just so apt. We are constantly learning, you know, building and, and running a business. There's always something else to learn. And there's one line in particular which really resonates, which is, in a whole, I think I need a gin and tonic for the soul. And there's certainly been quite a few of those moments over the last few years. That was Joe Stilgo there with So Much to Learn, the song choice of my business shaper today, Tim Perkins. He talked about the importance of perspective and how 
Your life's experience can absolutely give you that. And boy, is it important when you're running your own business and indeed setting one up. And really importantly, he also talked about purpose and how that purpose has informed the way his people are driven internally and, of course, the positive impact of thinking about people's financial well-being can impact the world more broadly externally. Fantastic stuff. Have a lovely weekend, and I'll see you next Saturday. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. We hope you enjoyed that edition of Jazz Shapers. You'll find hundreds more guests available for you to listen to in our archive. To find out more, just search Jazz Shapers in iTunes or your favourite podcast platform, or head over to mishkon.com forward slash jazz shapers.